Hi, I'm Liz from Liz Gets Loaded. That's the money kind of loaded, but this is the show where I sit in my closet, drink wine, and talk about money and anxiety. I have both. that time again. And the thing that I want to talk about this week is a little system, a little software tool called YNAB or you need a budget. I just realized that I've been using YNAB for one year. I started in April of 2022 and I actually couldn't believe that it had been a year when I realized because here's the thing. YNAB is a really great tool. It's awesome. Like thousands and thousands of people love, love, love it. And there's some number of people who are a little bit obsessed with it. It's fantastic. It also has a reputation as having a little bit of a learning curve. And I just thought that by one year, I would be out of the learning curve. There's still parts where I'm like, wait, what is happening? But I do still like it. So given that it has been one year, I wanted to give my full deep dive. I've been using it for a year review, pros and cons and everything in between. And it's interesting. I was just did a little Google search for YNAB pros and cons to see if anyone else had listed something that maybe I, I shared the opinion on, but just it didn't come to mind. And most of the reviews I read were very high level, like very surface level, like pros, it tracks your spending, cons, it's not free. So this is going to be a lot more in depth than that. And I hope that it's helpful in case you've been thinking about using this. So, all right, I I have a couple notes here. I kind of made some notes, like, like I said, pros, cons, and and in between. So I'll just jump right in with some pros. So for me, the number one, like reason I love this tool and reason I probably won't switch to anything else unless it has this feature is that not not only does it sync with your accounts, so with your bank account, with your credit card accounts, etc., but you can also manually enter a transaction and then have that manually entered transaction sync with the transaction that gets imported automatically. So I'll give you an example. I went to the grocery store yesterday. I spent, I think, $192. And then because there's a delay on YNAB importing credit card transactions, I can go ahead and manually enter like, hey, I went to the grocery store. I spent $192. and I can get that into my budget without it needing to have synced with my credit card already. But tomorrow or whenever it decides to sync and say, oh, hey, looks like you spent $192 at the grocery store. It's not going to be a duplicate transaction. It's automatically going to say, hey, these look like they're the same. Are they the same? And then I will say, yes, they are the same. And that is game changing. I used Mint for more than 10 years, I think. And sometimes transactions would be delayed. But if you manually entered something and then it's synced later, you would just end up with two of the same transaction. You'd have to go in and delete one. So this is the number one reason I'm a fan of YNAB and it's so simple, but I don't think that there are any other tools out there that are doing this. If there are, let me know, but I love it. I love it. It is on my little notes here. I wrote all caps, magic, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then I underlined it with a little squiggly underline. This is how much I love this thing. So I really do love it. A couple other things. The app itself is great. So there's a web app that you can log into on the browser on your computer. And then there's also a mobile app that you can put on your phone. Both are great, fairly straightforward to use. They work the way that they're supposed to. Essentially what the product is, it's a budgeting tool. And it's like if you've ever heard of the cash envelope method where you fill up a bunch of envelopes with cash and then you only spend money for that category. Like you have an envelope and you write gas on it and then you put cash in that envelope. And then when you go get gas, you take cash out of that envelope. I always thought that system seemed really appealing, but like I'm for sure not going to mess around with actual physical cash and envelopes. And so this is doing it digitally. And it's really cool. 
typical sinking funds. I've never really been, I just never really did that. But this tool makes it really easy to have these sort of digital sinking funds, which just means that you're bookmarking money for specific things for later. You're earmarking money for certain things for later. So I have a, a budget category called Christmas, for example. And every month I'm putting in like 100 or $200. So that way when December comes, I've got all of this money sitting in that category and it's ready to go. And that part is really great. I will say it has pros and cons. So I really like doing that. But then it makes me feel kind of broke because when I look at my bank account, I have this like one big lump sum of cash. I'm just going to like make up numbers to give you an example. So let's say my checking account has $10,000 in it. But in YNAB, it's like, okay, well, my emergency fund line item has $5,000 in it. And then Christmas is $2,000. And then home maintenance fund is $2,000. And car repair is $1,000. So I might have $10,000 sitting in savings that I'm like, okay, that's $10,000 in case anything happens. But then in YNAB, it looks small. I'm like, oh, I really only have $5,000 in emergency savings because $2,000 over here, $2,000 over here, $1,000 over here. And it just, it makes it feel smaller. It makes me feel broke. And that's really, if I had to just summarize YNAB in five words, I would say it makes me feel broke. <laughs> and there, are, there's pros and cons to that. I was reading some reviews of YNAB online and there's so many people who are like, I'm finally caught up on my bills. I finally paid off my debt. This really helped me get my spending under control. And it's it seems to be really good for that. Like if you don't know how much you're spending or where your money is going, this is for sure the tool for you. On the other hand, I tend to already fall into a scarcity mindset sometimes when I don't actually need to be there. And I think sometimes it makes me feel broke in a way that's not necessarily helpful for me. I think everyone is somewhere on a spectrum of either living in scarcity mindset all the time, not feeling like they have enough money even though they definitely do have enough money, or at the other end of the spectrum, spending habits out of control, never thinking about, do I have the money for this before spending? And no one lives 100% on, on one end of the spectrum or the other. We're all somewhere in the middle. At this stage in my life, I make enough money to more than cover my expenses and have money left over. I'm saving maybe 40% of my income on average. And so when I feel broke sometimes, I really have to talk myself into like, no, you're actually fine. It, it really doesn't matter if you buy that coffee or go out to brunch or buy that clothing or book that trip. Like it's actually fine and so I don't know if on the whole it makes me broke is good for me but I do think it's good for a lot of people and it's probably good for me in maybe slightly smaller doses and I could probably figure out just a way to configure the system I was just thinking today rather than having my savings spread across a bunch of categories I could just have one category where I'm like this is savings and then if a car repair bill comes up or a home repair thing comes up or a big medical bill comes up I just pull money out of that category rather than having a bunch of different buckets where that's living so I will say the system is very customized so you can really set it up in a way that that works for you. Okay, let's see what else is on my list. Oh, I really like the way it handles credit card transactions. So when you make a credit card transaction, like let's say again, this weekend I, I went to the grocery store yesterday, I spent about $192. It automatically takes, when I categorize that as groceries and that I paid it on my credit card, it takes $192 out of my groceries envelope and then moves it over to my credit card bill envelope. So that way when I go to pay my credit card, that money is available to me. So I really like that in the way I handle that. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, over on the con side, there are a couple things that I don't, I don't love. I don't love everything. For one thing, there is a delay. I, I've just never found a tool that syncs with your bank accounts and your credit cards that doesn't have some kind of delay. Sometimes it's a day. Sometimes it's a couple days. Sometimes it's longer. Like you often have to reauthorize your login. And that means that my balances almost never match. Like I'm just looking in here right now. And one of my checking, <laughs> one of my checking accounts, it's like, you have $24,000 in this account. I know that 
that there was like $2,000 in that account. It's not a big deal. I, I switched banks. So like I moved a lot of cash from one bank to another bank and it's fine. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Mostly what I'm using this tool for is to track my spending. So I don't really need it to track my credit card balance or my checking balance. It doesn't match. There's an option to reconcile it. I don't do that because the one time I did, it was like, hey, this is off by $1,800. And I was like, um, okay, we'll just like fix it. And then so it just, it just entered a sort of mystery transaction of $1,800 to make the balances match. And I, I just have decided to accept that my balances don't match and I don't need them to. So that's certainly not using the tool as it was intended, but it works for me. Like I said, the system is, is pretty flexible. Another con is that there isn't a lot of reporting in the mobile app. There is reporting in the web app. And the report I mostly want to see is like, hey, just show me how much money I've spent in a month. And apparently one of the founders of the company was on a podcast and was like, your monthly spending report, we just know from research that monthly spending reports don't actually influence spending. So they're not a priority for us, like getting them into the app. And they're not front and center in the web app either. They're there, but you have to go find it. And that is was probably the biggest adjustment for me. I used Mint for a long time and it's very upfront, like, hey, here's what you've spent so far in this category for the month. And I really like it. Like I posted it online. I've let strangers read it. Like that is actually information that's very important to me. I like knowing what my total monthly spend was. And so the fact that that's a little bit hidden, it's just not my favorite thing. And I really like that you can't, I really don't like that you can't access the reporting through the web app. The only report you can see in, excuse me, I said that wrong, in the mobile app. The only thing you can see in the mobile app is your age of money, which is something that YNAB calculates for you. I just logged in. It says my age of money is 50 days, meaning like after I earn a dollar, it takes 50 days for me to spend it. And I think that that's a neat feature. I also wish that I could click into that and get a little bit more like, hey, here's how we're calculating that. Here's just kind of an audit trail of how we got there, which you don't get. And I read some kind of conflicting things online about how accurate that calculation is if you pay for everything with a credit card, which I do. And I also wonder, like I got paid my bonus last month and then I used part of that to fully fund both of our backdoor Roth IRAs. And I just have a like a budget category called investing. And so to max out both was $13,000. So it looks like I earned that money and then I turned around and just quote unquote spent it. But of course it wasn't spending, but it doesn't know that. So I don't know how accurate that age of money thing is. Their whole thing is like you want to get to at least a month so that this month you're living off of last month's income, which I think is really great. But I get a little bit lost in it. <laughs> I get a little bit lost in it sometimes. Speaking of, so one of the things I really like about the system is that in every category, right? So I've got like groceries, auto maintenance, mortgage, etc. I can click into that and I can see a history like, hey, here's when you put money into this category and here's how you spent it and here's how your balance changed when you did each of those things. The only thing you don't have that for is in this category that YNAB calls ready to assign and ready to assign is where all of your income lands when you earn it. It's like when my paycheck deposits, it goes in ready to assign. If I cash out the cash back that I got from the upside app, it goes into ready to assign. But you can't click into ready to assign and see that same audit of like, okay, where did this balance come from? Like what's gone in, what's gone out? Show me the full history here. And I really wish it did that. I found I find that a little bit frustrating. And then another thing is that in that ready to assign category, you, you can't really categorize different types of income. So when I used Mint under the income heading, I had paychecks and then credit card cash back, gift income. Like you could categorize income in the same way that you can categorize spending in your budget. The same way I have, again, groceries, restaurants, car maintenance, mortgage, and I could create those categories and, and put whatever I want into those categories. You could do that with income and you can't do that with YNAB. I don't know why. You can see it in a report, like 
like the different payers so you can see what was the total like so for example in our house we're a two income household so we got like paychecks from company a and then paychecks from company b and so it'll give me the total like okay here's the total for of what deposited from company a here's the total what deposited from company b here's the total that deposited from upside that cashback app i use for example but if i'm using upside and i'm using rakuten and i'm using fetch or anything else i can't put those all together in a category and i wish that i could that's a really small thing that's not like the end of the world i keep a separate spreadsheet that i update from wine app at the end of every month and i just lump those together when i do that but i do wish that i could do it in the app okay one other thing that i really don't like and then i have a couple other just small nitpicky things so when you have a negative balance in a month it doesn't roll over and i'll give you an example so last month we were out of town and part of the cost of that trip was covered by work it was reimbursable expenses so we were out of town but a couple nights at the hotel was covered um, through work and one of our flights was covered through work so those were all reimbursable so what i did in YNAB was i created a category called reimbursable and then i just assigned anything that was reimbursable into that budget category but i didn't put any money into it so it was negative like most budget categories you know either at the beginning of the month let's say for takeout i'm like okay i'm gonna put a hundred dollars in here and then as i spend it it comes out or i just go spend fifty dollars on takeout and then i put money in there to cover the transaction you can do it either way but for these reimbursable transactions i just said hey these are all reimbursable but then i never put money into that budget category because the expense report hasn't been reimbursed just yet and should deposit this week so in march i have this negative 1800 budget line item but when i go to april like it's nowhere to be seen if i let's see i have it open if i scroll down to reimbursable it just says zero it's like hey you haven't assigned anything and you haven't spent anything this month and i think it should roll over the negative balance from last month and it doesn't do that and i don't think there's any option to do that and that's a bummer so when the reimbursement deposits i can go back i can i can fix it there's like a workaround but it's just it's not what i would expect it to do and that i find frustrating it's like once the month is over it's kind of locked in and so i, I get a little bit stressed out at the end of the month sometimes what i do with transactions that just come in at the end of the month i just change the date to the next month so if i go grocery shopping as an example on march 31st i might just go into the transaction and change it and say it happened on april 1st because by the time i wait and have the transaction sync and then the month is over and it's a negative balance but it didn't roll into this month and so it sounds silly but sometimes it's just easier to not spend any money in the last couple days of the month though that is definitely a big one for me there's a couple small things i don't love that in the mobile app it takes three clicks to view activity for the month so if i just want to see hey what were my actual transactions under takeout like okay i can see that i assigned 92 dollars this month and my balance is zero so that means i spend 92 dollars. but like what went into that it takes three clicks for me to get into where it says okay you spent 15 dollars at chipotle and 20 dollars here and blah 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 it's not a huge deal but i don't love it the export also isn't awesome when you export the report of like hey here's everything you spent last month it creates a line item for your category and your subcategory so i'll give you an example i have a category called food and then underneath that is takeout restaurants alcohol groceries coffee shops and when i export it into a csv file and then i open that in excel it gives me a line item for food and then the total and then it also gives me those five subcategories in the total so i have to go through and like manually delete out the the, the top line category if i if i want to use this and kind of start to manipulate the data not a huge deal but just it could be better and then i don't, i've kind of abandoned using any of the goals so for any of your budget line items you can set a target or a goal and i use that a lot when i first started using it and then it's just a little bit clunky and i found that i didn't like it so i just stopped using those entirely it's fine i know what my goals are <laughs> and it would just be silly things 
like I would say, oh, my, you know, I, every month I need to make sure to assign like $50 for my Peloton membership. But then it's really, I don't remember now, it's like $47.82. And so then it would be off every month by just a little bit. So I didn't love that. Or for Christmas, I would say, oh, you know, I want to put in $150 a month so that I hit my goal by the end of the year. But then some months I would not have enough leftover to fund that. And it would kind of, you know, give me a little like yellow soft error alert that I didn't love. Actually, a lot of things are yellow in here sometimes. <laughs> like the, your available balance on any budget line item can be red, yellow, or green. I know what green is. It means like you have money left over. You got money to spend in that category. I know what red is. That means you win the negative. I don't understand why things are yellow sometimes. And I think it has to do with like these goals. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I spent a spending target, for example, for internet and then my internet bill came in and I paid it and I assigned the right amount of money. And then it was like, but you said it was going to be higher. So we think you're still yellow. Ugh, leave me alone. Why not? So those are my cons. It's, I, I mean, those are all kind of like really small detail things. If I was zooming way out, like just again, zooming way out, if I had to describe why now in five words, it would be, it makes me feel broke. If you need something in your life to make you feel a little more broke, this is absolutely the right thing. I find myself and I, I, you know, it just is what it is. I'm like, wait, I make a lot of money. I've saved and invest a lot of money. Like, why do I feel broke? <laughs> I don't, I don't want, I don't know. I, I like want to feel like I can go spend the money that I have. And that's really more where I'm mentally struggling right now. So it's, as I'm saying this, I'm like, maybe I should stop using this. I'm not going to stop using it. I think I might just play around a little bit with some of the categories and leave more money in my ready to assign. That's kind of like at the very top of the page. That's what it shows you. It's like, hey, here's how much money you have. And right now I will tell you, I have $2.87 left to assign because I got paid a week ago and I like assigned it all out. And I was like, okay, let me like prefund this and prefund that and put money here. And then I'm like, oh wait, shoot, I don't get paid again for another week. So even though nothing is wrong, mentally I'm like, oh no, I only have $3 for the next week. That's not going to work because I just got too excited and assigned my money too soon. <laughs> it, it's a little bit tricky for me because well, actually, for, probably for a lot of people, this probably is not unique to me, but of course, my mortgage is paid on the first month, and that's our biggest expense, like, by far. And so in the first half of the month, I always feel kind of broke because of the way paychecks fall and the way the mortgage falls. And then in the second half of the month, I'm like, I have all this money, so what I should do is wait to kind of start funding all of those envelopes, right? To be like, okay, I want to put $150 into Christmas, and I want to, you know, put a little bit more money into emergency savings, and I want to put a little bit more money into my car repair savings. I should wait and do that in the second half of month rather than in the first because otherwise I sign out all my money and then I feel broke in a way that I don't want to. So don't be like me. Use it better. <laughs> I feel like it sounds like if you just listen to this, it sounds like I don't love the system, but I actually really do. It's really fun. For, it, it's very fun. Like when new transactions come in and you categorize them and you move the money around, it, it's just, it feels gamified. It feels really fun. I do like the reporting and the information that you get. I love the concept of give every dollar a job. I love the digital envelope method. I love... I mean, as I said at the very top, I absolutely love that you can enter a transaction and then have it automatically sync when the kind of sort of real transaction syncs from your credit card. It's really, really good. And it's great for tracking monthly cash flow, for tracking your spending, for making you feel a little bit broke if, if you need <laughs> to do that. It's, it's definitely more of a budgeting tool. It doesn't really do a super great job of tracking my net worth or my investment accounts. I have them in here, but I don't think they've updated. Maybe ever. <laughs> so that's fine. I track that somewhere else, but something to keep in mind. Okay, that was my very long deep dive into how I feel about using this tool. I will put a link into the show notes if you want to try it. You get a month for free. It's, I don't remember how, I think it's like $100 a year. It's totally worth it for me just to have somewhere that is consistently tracking my 
transactions. I used Mint for a long time and it was free, but then, I mean, it stopped syncing in a way that was just very frustrating. So I like it. I've had it for a year. I'm going to keep using it for sure. And I think it's worth a try. If you're going to try it, I will say you have to try it for at least three months. Like you will not get, I, I'd heard that there was this learning curve and I was like, yeah, but not for me. I'm super smart. <laughs> but yeah, totally for me. And I watched YouTube videos and I did the tutorials and it, it's good, but it definitely does take your brain a while to wrap around it. I think especially if you're coming from a different system, I think coming from Mint or whatever other thing you're using makes it harder. If you're coming from using nothing, it's probably actually a little bit easier because you're not used to, you're not having to sort of unlearn a different thing. All right. All right. That's all I got. But thank you for listening. If you have questions, you know where to find me. If you want to leave a review, um, that would be amazing, but you don't have to. You get a lot going on. You do you. And then I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. If you enjoyed today's episode, you have a couple options. You could just enjoy that satisfaction quietly and privately. Keep it to yourself. But, and just an idea, you could also share this with someone else who you think would like it. Just a thought. You do you.